20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm Steve Perhatch, joined as always by Dusty Evely, Sarah Kelleher. What's going on, guys? Nothing, man. Getting real, real comfortable with the layout of my house. <laughs> Sarah, do you have anything? Or you're just going to laugh awkwardly. <laughs> I just was not expecting Dusty to say that. I mean, that's such a random thing to say. But I mean, sure, yeah. I'm I'm doing well. I'm trying my my best to stay positive during what I know is a stressful and very anxious time for everyone. So. Glad to be doing this because this is always something fun that gets me hyped up. Yeah, it's always fun when you make your big travel plans for the day, the week, whatever it is, where you're going to go from like your living room downstairs to your bedroom upstairs. I woo, it's a big workout for me today. There's lots of travel. So my boss last week after we finished the first week of remote work sent us all an email, basically just saying, "Great job, team! Like proud of you guys." And he was like, "I hope." You enjoy your long walk from your home office, dot, 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 to your living room. <laughs> it genuinely made me laugh so hard because it's so true. I'm like, oh, I'm I'm leaving work. And then I walk right over to my bedroom and lay on my phone, lay in bed on my phone for hours. So. I will say my, my, uh, my level of having to do laundry for my sweatpants has gone up in <laughs> like tenfold because I don't have to wear jeans anymore. I'm just wearing like my Nike trainers and yeah, it's uh it's a thing, but you know what? It's all right. Everybody's trying to be a little bit smarter, be safe. Well, not everybody, but most people are trying to be smart <laughs> and safe about it. Uh, some people are out playing basketball. Some people are doing some dumb stuff, but hopefully you guys are at home listening to this podcast because we have some breaking Packers news to talk about. The Green Bay Packers and wide receiver Devin Funches have agreed to terms. Uh, not officially official from the Packers yet, but uh, Sarah, what was your gut reaction to this one? I mean, it was it was kind of underwhelming, being completely honest, but I wasn't devastated about it. I think a lot of people we're really hoping that the Packers would go out and find some high end wide receiver. And I kind of was like, come on guys, that that's not going to happen. Let's be realistic. This is the Green Bay Packers. I know that last year we made some big moves in free agency, but I think, I don't think that's going to happen every single year. I think that kind of got a lot of us really excited that they maybe would be more aggressive this year. And we've seen that that's not necessarily the case, but you know, I think, if we're comparing him to Geronimo Allison or someone of that caliber, this is an upgrade. If he's a guy, he has struggled just like with Geronimo Allison with his hands, but he's been a number one receiver in the past. And I'd rather have someone like that on the roster who has a little more experience, has proven himself before at least, might not be the best, he, or he's not going to be the best receiver on the <laughs> roster. We know that. But I think, you know, he's going to at least be consistent if he's able to stay healthy and play and we'll see. And if it doesn't work out tough luck. Right. But I think this is definitely an upgrade from a guy like Geronimo Allison, who's looking like his days are over in green Bay. My first thought was that I remember that they, that his nickname that they called him in Carolina, his name was fun fun. That's, that's the first thing I remembered, which is, <laughs> That's, that's good. 
I guess. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, I kind of echo. It's not great, Bob. It's, it's not, not the best. Uh, I kind of echo uh, a lot of what Sarah said. I mean, it's it's underwhelming. We really we were talking before the show. We were really hoping that they release the terms of the deal. We we at this point we've not actually seen the terms of the deal. So that kind of makes a huge difference. If that's a minimum or you know four million, that's a, that's a fairly huge uh, swing. So we don't know what that looks like at this moment. You might now that this is released, but. Uh, that that's that's pretty important just because we're not you're not asking him to be the number one you're probably not even asking him to be the number two he's the three or the four he's the upgrade over as Sarah said uh, Geronimo Allison or you know when Kumaro came in it's it's an incremental upgrade at a position of need and he profiles my my thing was I've been looking for speed I have a need I have, I have a need for speed and uh, this does, this does, this does not fit that I think his forty time which was whatever five or six years ago now. Uh, was uh, was a four point seven. He plays a little faster than that, like decent route runner. Uh, you mentioned kind of trouble with his hands, but he's 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 again incremental upgrade. He's an incremental upgrade, which is good, uh, provided they did not overpay for it. And uh, knowing knowing kind of Gutekunst, I'm I'm guessing they did not. Um, yeah. But I guess we'll find out. But it's they're they're better now. I think you know provided they drop you know, one or two of those receivers, they're better now than they were before they signed him. It's just not the move I was kind of hoping for that would propel this, the, the offense to hopefully the next level with the, with a little element of speed to it. It seems kind of obvious what Gutekunst is wanting to do. I mean, he wants to bring in some more talent to that, that side of the ball, but I mean, you look at what he did, he identified what he determined the biggest problem on this team, right? Right now that he could get in free agency, and he took an he he spent the most money on an inside linebacker, and for that I appreciate him because obviously he listens to this podcast and <laughs> understands my hopes and my desires for this team. So he went out and 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 tried to help fix that problem, and then they realized that they weren't going to be able to afford uh, Brian Bulaga, and so they went out and got a cheaper version of that. And when it came down to it, I mean. They're going to be most likely bargain hunting for wide receivers. Their next, uh, their next needs. So, it is what it is. Like I think, if you watch, I think Andy Herman had tweeted out a couple videos from him before he broke his collarbone with the Colts in training camp, and he looked good. Like he mm-hmm. looked like he was making some crisp cuts. He was doing some good things again. It's training camp. Who knows? But again, we've talked about this uh, many, many times on this podcast about how. Gutekunst is trying to make each player group deeper. And if it's the 53rd man on the team, if it's whatever number it is, he's going to try to bring in more competition. And I think that's a really good thing. So he will be competing. I think he's going to be competing for that number two spot right away. And hopefully they'll have a wide receiver that they draft either at 30 or probably that or at 62. And they'll be in that mix as well. Um, But the one thing I would say is that Rodgers normally doesn't trust rookies. Like we've seen it year in, year out. It's just not something he does. So bringing in a little bit more of an established veteran, but still a young guy too. Uh, he's, I believe he's 25 right now. Should be turning 26 in season or he's already 26 right now. One of the two, but I don't know. I, I like the move. I want it. And again, as Dusty said, I want to see the money. I want to see the money that comes out of it. If it's $4 million then I'm going to be maybe a little upset. They didn't give, go after Rashad Perriman a little harder, um, that type of thing. But it'll be fascinating to see. Um, 
But that kind of leads us into the fact that there were some moves that were made today. Uh, it was in the wide receiver group as well. Rashad Perriman went to the Jets on a one-year deal, $6 million guaranteed, can go up to eight with escalators. Uh, and then Robbie Anderson went to the Panthers, uh, two years, $20 million with 12 guaranteed in the first year. So, Dusty, what were your thoughts right away off of those deals? Yeah, I mean, the the Anderson one, we, we kind of talked about him, and all along this whole offseason was that that's the element of speed. That'd be, that'd be amazing. He's going to be way too expensive. His deal is, mm-hmm. is cheaper than than had originally been rumored, which I mean, we kind of expected. That's kind of people are throwing out numbers, and then also with all the wide receivers coming in the draft. And so I think it was originally rumored he, he may be getting somewhere between 13 to $15 million a year, and that, that obviously didn't happen. But even then, I mean, with the money that they have, with the money that the Packers have to play with, um, they can free up some money here and there but that's that's a lot of money to give a guy like Robbie Anderson uh so that's you know good for him I guess going to a situation with um a guy who doesn't traditionally throw the ball downfield too much so I guess we'll see how that shakes out with Teddy Bridgewater down there but um the Perryman deal I I wish the Packers had been able to find a way to to pull the trigger on that I know they don't have a ton of money again they can make some money they can move so they can extend some guys uh they can cut some guys I think they could have found the money for a guy like Perryman and Steve. I'm not going to take your thunder because I know you love him, but that element of speed and kind of what he could bring on that one year kind of prove it deal. That's pretty low money for the for the benefit he could have given you. Sarah, any thoughts? I mean, again, I'm pretty much just going to echo what Dusty said because I think it's it's spot on, and I'll let you you know have your love fest for him because <laughs> I know how where you stand on that, but. It's a bummer because you see that, but and you wish that that could happen for Green Bay. But realistically, I don't think we we can afford that, which sucks because he would be a great addition to the team. Either one of them would, but it's just not super feasible. And I think hopefully when these numbers come out for the contract, like we're talking about, um, whether that's later tonight or when you guys are listening to this the next day, I'll feel a little better about it seeing the numbers that they were lower. But if for some reason they're higher, then I'm going to be a little pissed off. Then that, that's basically how I feel about it. Yeah, my initial reaction to Robbie Anderson to the Panthers was, did, did they forget that they cut Cam Newton? Like, is that what happened? Like, oh, we have Teddy Bridgewater. You know what he does not do well? Throw the ball really far. He does not do that well. So I didn't quite understand – uh, the fit, the need, like it, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. I felt it was a, at least a decent value. Like you got a better value than like if you're paying him $15 million mm-hmm. a year, obviously way too much, but it didn't make a lot of sense to me when you're pairing him with Teddy Bridgewater. But um, I, I don't know. Interesting to see. And then I, in a, in a way I do like the, the move for the jets, you know, they lose Anderson, they bring in Perriman, uh, give give Sam Darnold that deep threat that he you know can really use, and he can chuck the ball pretty far. So mm-hmm. seems like it's a it's a good fit there. The money I thought was right around where we had talked about uh, six million ish for one year, maybe two year deal kind of thing. But uh, I don't know. It sucks. I don't like it. Um, I'm hoping that they'll get that element of speed through the draft, and we can kind of go from there. But Overall, kind of what I expected. Once you take an overlook at the Packers, um, at the Packers like roster overall of just 
they they attacked a few spots that they really needed help at, and you know they're going to throw some draft capital at the wide receiver group this year again, and hopefully somebody sticks from there. So I don't know. I, I'll be fascinated to see. I'm not going to hate on anything like that. Uh, you know, I like bringing in another guy to the mix who's got experience. Sucks that they couldn't bring in somebody super fast, but hopefully again they'll they'll address that in the draft. But Bringing more competition for the Packers into the wide receiver group is a good thing. I really believe that. So uh, the only other big notes that we had for NFL news was uh, Pinnell re-signed with the Chiefs, so another defensive lineman is off the free agency board. No terms were released for that one, so kind of figured that was happening. Like people had talked about maybe a reunion with the Packers, but – Again, back to the Chiefs, and then Cam Newton officially released, and it'll be interesting to see where he goes. You guys have any Cam Newton predictions? It's too lazy, man. I mean, the, like everything's kind of pointing towards the Patriots because it makes entirely too much sense for him to go to the Patriots. They don't have a lot of cap space, at, like at all. If he's looking for, if there's no market for him right now, and and he's willing to go on a one year prove it deal to a place like New England under a coach like Belichick. With a with a legitimate chance to win a ring in one year, I think you take less money for that. If no one's exactly. if no one's really taking a chance on him right now, you take the less money. You bet on yourself. You go out there, you light it up, and you get one more big deal in you. I totally agree, and I think that the Patriots are notorious for getting guys to agree to do that as well. There's so many times where they've signed a guy, and I'm like, for for what? Like my I'm literally just perplexed at what they're able to do. So I. Like you said, Dusty, that's that's a pretty obvious one, but it should be interesting. I think Chargers make a lot of sense as well. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'd, well, who went with the Colts? Maybe Colts. Phil Rivers. The Colts? Phil Rivers went yeah. to the Colts, not the Colts. Probably Chargers. Be my my one A. Uh, I'm sorry, they have Tyrod Taylor. They're fine. Yeah, and Easton Stick. Yeah, they're they're set, man. They are set. I like Tyrod uh, like, Taylor. I do like Tyrod Taylor. He's fine, but if you can get an upgraded version of yeah, him, if you, why would if, you do yeah, that? Yeah, if you can get Cam Newton instead of Tyrod <laughs> Taylor, you get Cam Newton. <laughs> we'll just we'll, we'll move on because uh, we did a Packers mailbag because we had no news to talk about, and then Devin Funch just got signed. So we got some great <laughs> questions from everybody, so we kind of sifted through to see some of the best stuff that we could find. Um, obviously, we weren't able to get to everybody's, but we thank you guys for – for shooting those off to us. Uh, but we're going to start with a question from B. Uh, he asks, recommend your favorite Packers books, documentary, whatever to pass the time, and especially you, Dusty. Uh, anything else we can study up to gain a better understanding of the game while we have nothing else going on. B, you little kiss-ass. Uh, go ahead, Dusty. Go ahead, because okay. obviously this was meant for you. Yeah, let me go for a bit. Um, okay, so for Packers specific, there's a, there's a bunch of ways you could go. I'm going to go with two. I'm going to go one book and one documentary, and then I'll do a little bit more with the other stuff. So for the book, uh, you got to go. It's called The People's Team uh, by Mark Beach. Uh, it came out last year. It's a hardcover. Uh, I'm not just saying that Steve, Steve and I had a chance to drink uh, 10 a.m. beers with Mark Beach and talk ball. That dude had been that was, that was really cool. God, just amazing. <laughs> um, he was uh, he worked at Sports Illustrated for forever, like big Packers guy. He's now over at the um, 
uh, what's it called? I always forget the Players Tribune. I think he's he's an editor at Players Tribune. Uh, great guy, ton of great Packer stories. That book is incredible. Like goes through the story of the Packers. It's got a whole bunch of pictures and like just just immaculately written and everything's laid out well. It's it, the whole thing's incredible. So if you're looking for one book that gives you like the history of the Packers, go the People's Team by Mark Beach. It's B E E C H. Uh, he's he's incredible. Like just a good person and the book's amazing. Uh, for a documentary. Uh, there's a recent one that came out. You can buy it on DVD. I think it's like 50 bucks or something. But it's also on, um, if you have like Amazon Fire TV Stick or Apple TV or Roku, and you download the Packers app, you can watch it for free. It's called uh, it's called Legacy 100 Seasons of the Packers. Uh, the DVD set, I think, is like 10 discs. It's incredible. It's, I've seen part of it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really good. so, so good. That came out, I think, like two months ago. Uh, so if you can, like that's, it's just, it's remarkable. You're going to learn a ton. Uh, so go that route if you're going for a documentary. So that's, so that's my books is the people's team of Mark beach and then legacy for a documentary. Now for non-packers, I could go really, really long with this. I will not. I picked five books. Um, and this is kind of, this is kind of, hey, listen, it's, I could go really long with this. So I picked five. Do you want me to go 30? You want me to go 30? Is that what you want? Um, Apparently this is called the dusty show. That's right. You gave it to me and you said, just go dusty because you want to drink or whatever. Um, so I've got five, so I'm going to talk, I'll talk short about them, but this is, some of this is kind of, this is how I learned, um, through, through some of these books as well when I kind of got started. So the first one I'd go with is called take your eye off the ball by Pat Kerwin. Uh, it's really easy to read. It's a quick read, but also kind of teaches you a lot about what the different, what you should be looking at, what the different pieces on the field are doing. And even some of like the more basic terminology, you know, like personnel groupings, stuff like that. So if you're looking to get into that and you don't know where to start, uh, take your eye off the ball by Pat Kerwin. Tremendous starting point. Tremendous starting point. Um, after that, you've got uh, Chris Brown is an amazing writer. I think he's a he's a lawyer that did football stuff on the side. He's got his own blog. It's a smart football. He wrote for Grantland for a while. Um, his stuff is still out there, but he has two books. One is called The Essential Smart Football, and one is The Art of Smart Football that are generally on Amazon, like on Kindle, you can get for like a buck. Uh, and those are kind of our collection of some of his uh, some of his favorite essays he had on his site that break down. Some of it is like book reviews of different things, but most of it is breaking down different aspects of games. And he he writes about stuff like very technical things, but he writes them about them in a very easy to understand manner. When I started, um, I started wanting to write about football when I started getting into stuff it was because of guys like Chris Brown who was able to write that stuff and allow me who knew nothing to understand that stuff so if you're looking to get into it again quick read and about a buck so uh, anything by Chris Brown he's got those two books out um, the genius of I'll talk about then two here the genius of desperation by Doug Farrar and blood sweat and talk by uh, blood sweat sweat and shock by Tim Layden um, are both incredible histories of the league. Genius of desperation. Doug Farrar was a, a founding member of Football Outsiders, which is just a, a site I have loved for years. He's over at NFL Wire now. knows a ton about football and he tracks the history of the league through its big innovations, kind of why they happen. So you get that kind of push pull of well, this happened because of this, and then defense is adjusted because of this, and, it, and so you get this really cool history of the league as told through uh, scheme, but in a way that's easy to understand and kind of the same way with blood blood sweat and chalk you get these kind of each chapter is about you know the creation of the zone blitz or the west coast offense so you get these like five to ten uh page bites of different major schemes in the nfl and how they came about and you get those histories so those are amazing i'll close with um this is it's out of print but you can find it i found my copy on amazon for like five bucks it's uh vince lombardi on football it's a two volume set it's hardback 
And it's just, it's all written by Vince Lombardi. It's a lot of cool pictures and just him talking about his philosophy on coaching. You get a lot of good stuff on the sweep. And so if, if you're a Packers guy and you want to get into some of that old school, you know, what Vince Lombardi did and some of those concepts are still used today, uh, go with that. So those are my five. And then um, if you want more than that over on, over, <laughs> some people will, Steve, over on Twitter, uh, if you look at my pinned tweet, someone had asked me this question a while ago. So I've got a list of um, probably 15, 20 books with Amazon links. You can buy them and why I kind of like them. So seriously, you have a link, you have a tweet that explained all of that. And you couldn't just be like, hey, go to my bio and just look at my first tweet. No, they asked me on a podcast, Steve. They asked me on a podcast. <laughs> so I'm gonna be honest. I don't like reading. Not. <laughs> Could have saved me a lot of time, Sarah. No, I'm just saying for the listeners. I'm not gonna give five books because I hate reading. As a child, I was always, my mom and dad were always like, you need to read more. You need to read more. And I'm like, no, I don't want to. And I never, unless the book is an amazing fictional book that there's no way that it can exist, I I struggle to read books or it takes me forever because I stop. But anyways, I have read books. That is a thing I have done. Good for Um, you. Honestly, I haven't read any Packer specific books in a long time i know when i was younger i read part of that i think it was the same vince lombardi book that you were talking about dusty or i i remember looking through that with my dad and it was really great um but if you're a sports fan in in general one book that's really fantastic that i read in high school is called vision of a champion and it's based um it's so it's written by anson dorrance and he is the women's soccer coach at uh, UNC, which is they have won the most NCAA championships of any sport, male or female. So they have the most championships of any collegiate sports team. Um, and the book is just incredible about not only about like leadership and um, in sports, but just in life. I think I've taken a lot away from the book. So if you're just interested in a great sports story, that's always one. And kind of like Dusty was saying, it's a really easy read. Like I think I finished it in a few days. And that's coming from someone like I said, that absolutely hates reading. Um, (laughs) As far as documentaries, the legacy one that you were talking about is great. I haven't seen the whole thing, but I found parts of it online and (laughs) kind of just went around on YouTube and found pieces of it because I couldn't find the whole thing. And on speaking of YouTube, there's also, it's a really cool edit, a fan edit of Aaron Rodgers called the bad man. Um, and it just gets me really hype. I know sometimes I'll just watch it when I'm kind of just looking for something motivational or for anything Packers related. And it's basically just this really epic edit of some of Aaron Rodgers' most legendary moments with, it, it kind of feels like an Avengers movie if Aaron Rodgers was the star <laughs> of the movie. Um, that's the best way I can describe it. He just looks like a superhero. There's intense music playing throughout and it's just a fun one. So yeah. Holy crap! Are you guys, you guys are officially done. We're officially done. Okay, I feel like I feel like the moron of the group because all I'm gonna say is I love watching the uh, 
you know, the video of the 2010 Packers Super Bowl. Like I've got the DVD that runs from week one all the way through the oh. Super Bowl. And it's it's always fun. Like I always enjoy watching that. And you watch the ups and downs and how they got into it. And it's always a great time. But after listening to you two, I'm like, I like watching the Super Bowl. <laughs> I've seen that. I mean, I talk about all that stuff. I've watched that DVD more times than I can count, Steve. It's, it's, oh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's so it gets, good. It's, it's basically on my anytime my wife sleeps on the couch because she's snoring, I will put that thing in and I will watch it all the time. So it's the it's the only it's the first time I saw the angle of that uh, Rogers of Jennings third down throw where you actually see it tipped because mm-hmm. you get that reverse oh, angle yeah. and you can see the finger hit it like the, you get stuff like you get the, the it is time that Kevin Green gave the it is time speech is there and everything. It's It's so good. It's so good. Yeah, I think you said it before too. It was Jennings fitting his uh, finger for the mm-hmm. Super Bowl ring? That was a good one too. So yeah, that the line I always use from that is uh, the end of the Chicago game after Raji picks it up and then Chicago's driving. Uh, Jennings just very uh, Jennings on the sidelines says to a coach, he goes, "Man, they always got to make it dramatic though." That part, <laughs> like I use that line all the time. All right, so that went like seven thousand minutes. So we're gonna mm-hmm. try to keep these ones a little bit quicker. Uh, at Zach Jet. Uh, Jason uh, says, if you could trade with a team to get one person off each side of the ball, who would it be, why, and what would you give up to receive a player? We kind of shortened this up because, um, you know, we've got a lot of questions to get through. So it's the players, what players would you want right now for for the Packers offense and defense? So, Dusty, who you got? Yeah, my thought process was I was going to think younger. I decided to go a little older just because we want to win now. And so who's good right now then is going to be good for the next few years. Uh, And where do we need people? So I got Aaron Donald uh, because him next to Kenny Clark in the middle would be insane. And then uh, Julio Jones because adding Julio Jones to Devontae Adams and then Devin Funchess. Don't forget Devin Funchess uh, would just make that offense insane. So those are my two, Aaron Donald, Julio Jones. Sarah? Um, So my two... Um, on well, on offense, per Devontae Adams' wishes, I would like to see Keenan Allen on mm-hmm. offense. Um, I also think that would just be quite a duo, and I think Aaron Rodgers would just have a fantastic time with that. So not only would I like that, but number 17 would like that too, so I'm cool with that. Uh, and as far as defense, I know um, you guys went a different route. Uh, than I did, but I think maybe throwing Jalen Ramsey in there, seeing what happens, mm. what goes around. Again, these are unrealistic trades that sure. would never happen, but I would just be curious to see what he what he did. Looking to throw a stick of dynamite into the uh, locker room. That's fascinating. All <laughs> uh, right. For offense, I went with George Kittle because I think as much as we like Jay Sternberger, I mean, he's young. He's the best tight end in all of the NFL, and – yeah, that would be a fun, fun guy for Aaron Rodgers to be able to throw the football to. Defensive-wise, I went young as well. And shocking to everyone, I went inside linebacker. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I went with Jalen Smith. I think he is fully, obviously, fully recovered from that injury uh, right before the draft a couple of years ago. And he is flying around. And it's exactly, I mean, you pair him with Kirksey and, like, those two can be all over the place. Yeah, which, wow. Which would be outstanding for them. Yeah. So, I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, In our fantasy world. Exactly, exactly. Where it doesn't matter about salary caps or trade, you know, draft picks given up or anything like that. So uh, next question we've got, uh, B actually sneaks in again and goes, how much should somebody follow college football to be prepared for the draft each year? 
assuming that somebody like me uh, and doesn't follow it much at all currently. So I will kind of spearhead this one just because out of the three of us, I follow the draft the most, I would say. But I would tell you that you don't need to follow college football all that much during the year. I mean, you'll see things pop up on your Twitter feed as long as you're following some of the right people. Um, But there are so many unbelievably talented people on Twitter that do – prospect details do profiles do fits for teams um follow mock drafts like go through all those things like there's so much time in between the end of the college football season and the beginning of the nfl draft that there's so like you can study you can find so much information out there now that um you don't need to follow the college football season like week in week out and know what's going on in order to understand uh, some of the players that might be good fits for the Packers or kind of how that all works out. So I would tell you, you know, um, try to follow some of these guys on Twitter. Like as you do an NFL, like hashtag NFL draft, and these guys pop up left and right. Mm-hmm. Uh, follow them and, you know, they've got videos, they've got articles. There's Read as much as you can, as much as you want to, but there's so much information about all these guys out there now that uh, I would just say, you don't really need to follow that much during the season. I don't know if you guys have anything else to add on top of it. Well, I'll add just to pretty much back you up in case anyone's listening and is like, I don't know about that. I'm pretty much the complete opposite. I do watch a lot of college football. I know which players obviously are some of the best players in the nation, which ones are, you know, going to go to the NFL, but I don't necessarily follow the draft that closely nor get into it in depth And obviously I know, you know, the top players and who they are, like I said, but I don't really know who's the right fit for what team. And I think that's really where, like you were saying, Steve, those few months in between the end of the college season and when the draft is are really critical to just, you know, do some research online and find, you know, where your niche is and get into it that way. So kind of coming from the opposite end of things, I do watch college football, but I don't necessarily know who's the right fit for each team or for each player and team um, going into the draft. Yeah, I kind of follow Steve's thing, uh, so I don't really echo, I won't won't say too much more about that. I will say um, just today, like, I mean, following people on Twitter is good because you get some, you get a good breakdown there. Um, Very recently, if you're, I mean, you're listening to this recently, so why not? Uh, Andrew Mertig is a, uh, he's a pack a day guy. He's got terrible takes on Oreos, but he's a really, (laughs) really good dude. Um, I got a chance to meet him the last time I was up in Green Bay. He's a really good dude. And uh, he's been covering the draft really, really well. He just today, this was yesterday when you're listening to this, put out, uh, he tweeted something. He's got a shared Google Doc that anyone can look at. His top 200 draft prospects broken down by film grade, team fit, and position. It's amazing. And so, I mean, if you're looking at that, you can kind of, you know, scour through that and then look at YouTube or search a guy on Twitter and you'll find cutups or something. But, yeah, it's it's I kind of do the same thing you do, Steve. I don't get a chance to watch a whole lot of college football during the year. Next up, we have a question from Blair Peterson. He wants to know our uh, our all time all quarantine Packers team. So basically, he <laughs> wants to know if you had to be quarantined with three or four Packers, current or all time, who would they be and why? So Sarah, why don't you lead us off? Okay, so my thought process here was I needed someone that was positive that was going to keep the energy going. So obviously, you have I had to pick Jamal Williams. I mean. I feel like if I was hanging out with him, I would never get bored, um, which I'm bored all the time now. 
and I, he would always keep Shout out to your parents for having you at their house. They're nice of you. No, I would be even more bored. No, honestly, okay, stop. Because honestly, I would be even more bored if I was at my apartment and was alone. But I've been hanging out with my parents, which has been very nice. But we are, we're all bored. We're running out of things to do, which is fine. You know, we we have to count our blessings. We're healthy. Everything is okay right now. So anyways, moving on back to <laughs> the quarantine team. So Jamal Williams would kind of be my, he'd be my hype man, I think, to keep me positive and get me through the days. And then I would want Lombardi there just because I'd want to pick his brain. Again, that would give me something like – just something that would be time consuming. I'd be able to talk to him about all of the amazing things he's done. And I think just his philosophy and his outlook on life was very interesting. So just hearing more about that. And then growing up, my favorite player and kind of first athlete that I ever really liked was Jordy Nelson on the Packers. So I just got to go with him. I've got one of those overlapped. Um, I've got Lombardi. Of course, I got Lombardi. Um, just beyond his, uh, like you said, just just in the in the spirit of not being bored of keeping interested. There's a there's a story about him. I can't. I've read this numerous places where he held a uh, like an eight to ten hour coaches conference. You know, when he was still a coach, uh, when he was still a coach of the Packers, and people would like you know a bunch of coaches, a bunch of people came to go see him, and he talked eight to ten hours on the Lombardi sweep. All he did, he broke down the intricacies. He broke down how they ran it, where everyone should be, where what the counters to that were. If you can take eight to ten hours talking only about one play, now granted it was the core play of that offense, that means you can, that means you can you can not help me, not not make me be bored. So I'm gonna go Lombardi. Just just his his mind, all that stuff. I think would be amazing. Um, I'm gonna go Charles Woodson. Uh, Woodson seems like a really fun dude. And also I think one of the smarter football players I've ever seen, just very instinctive, but also just knew, knew where everyone was supposed to be and knew what was going to happen. Almost like, almost like Dennis Rodman with a rebound. Like he had this, he had this, uh, this sense of when things were going to happen and, and where he needed to be and kind of all of that. And so just, just kind of talking about that, I think would be amazing. Uh, Leroy Butler, kind of the same thing. Like that dude was amazing. And also just seems like a really, really fun dude. Um, but also just the way he played was, it was insane. And then my last one, I think is maybe a little too easy, but I'm going to go Brett Favre. Now you got a, yet like, you got a good and bad sense of this. You got good because that dude can tell a story, man. Like just seems so personal. He can tell a story, but the bad is that there's so many stories about how bad his farts were that I feel like at some point, like, dude, just go outside. You need, you just need to get out of here. So, uh, those are, those are my four. Those are my four. Plus, I mean, there's, there's going to be, you know, painkillers all over the place. So he's good. He's good. He's fine now, Steve. He's fine now. (laughs) Sorry, that's my dare you. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I'm the jerk. You're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, for my team, I I went a little all over the board. I went. I started with Mike Holmgren. I want a storyteller. I want somebody who can relive all those Favre stories, like the crazy, crazy times of all the things that happened <laughs> around those days. That you know. There's no, you know, there's no recordings. There's no nothing, but he can tell those stories and everybody will sit down and, and listen. And it'd be a, a lot of fun because I'm sure he has some crazy ass stories to tell. Number two, I went with Rogers because I mean, it's just, he's a smart dude. And I think he mm-hmm. would be a lot of fun just over a two week, four week period, however long your quarantine is, or you're supposed to be at home. Like you could get into some deep dive conversations with that guy and, you know, talk about life, talk about love, talk about football, talk about everything and anything in between. And I think that would be, 
I think that would be a lot of fun. Uh, and then this is where like I fell off of the cliff because you have the storyteller, you have the deep dive t- guy you want to talk to. Now I want some crazy people. I want some crazy people that'll make things interesting all the time and you know keep me on my toes. So I'm not. I think I know where you're going, Steve. So I'm not. Oh, I don't think you do. I really don't <laughs> think you do. All right, you tell. Okay, give. Maybe you. Maybe you're right. Maybe you do. Who's my go-to is always Travis Jervy. I assume it's Travis Jervy. That's number four on my list. <laughs> okay, so I got one. All right. Any any dude that can, but what he bought a lion is that yeah. correct? Yeah. But anybody that's gonna oh, buy a lion and have that as a pet, I want to have like yeah, he's gonna figure out a way to get some weird. He pulled weird his braces animal. off by himself with a pair of pliers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a guy I want to hang out with. Like I'm sorry, that'd be fun for a couple of weeks. Not for my entire life, but for a couple of weeks, <laughs> that would be pretty fun. And this will be unbelievably controversial, but uh, I'll give you one more guess at number three. Oh man, I honestly have no idea. Um, Short-lived time in Green Bay. Sam Congato. Martellus Bennett. Oh come on, man! What are you doing? No, no. Are you kidding me? That dude is fascinating. He is an insane person. Like I'm fully aware of that. But you can't tell me that for two weeks he wouldn't like you wouldn't come up with weird stuff to do. I will say he has he has varied interests. He has very varied interests. Like I, I was down at ESP in Chicago when he was with the bears and he, you know, calls himself like the orange dinosaur and like came up with interesting things. Like, I'm sorry, that, that would be a fascinating person to talk to for, for a couple of weeks. I'm, between him and Jervy, like passing off crazy ass ideas and then Rogers and Holmgren, like yelling at them, like being adults and dads and kind of that kind of stuff. Like, I think that would be an unbelievably fun group to, uh, to hang out with for a couple of weeks. Get get out of here. What are you doing? Whatever. I don't care. I don't care what you think. Uh, let's move on. Um, there's a oh, there's another question for Dusty. Of course there is. Justin Ellis would like to know, will we see anything different in the Packers offense from last year to next year? What do you su- uh, suspect it might be? Yeah, I've got one overlap that you with you, Steve, and so I'm not going to step on that. I mean, I think uh, just you. Why don't you just take this whole thing? It's fine. All right. Okay, I'll do it. Um, I think it's going to. I'll be fast. I think I think it's going to look the same, uh, uh, smoother. I think uh, you know you had a lot of the uh, one of the things I was really really excited about. And this was this was Steve's thing as well. Uh, going into this year was a lot more tempo, going up tempo, and, and whether that's getting up and firing the ball off the line or getting up and setting and looking around and getting your options. But just that no huddle, I was hoping they're going to get more into, and they didn't do that very much at all. I think it was less than five percent this year. So that would be a big one. And then going with that, I mean, then the, the that the tempo. Everything else follows off of that. You get the everything smoother. Everyone knows what they're supposed to do. Everyone's been in the system a little, long, a little longer. Uh, the reads are, are faster. The 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 routes are crisper. Like I just I think it's going to look roughly the same. I think conceptually it's going to be about the same. Yeah, probably some new stuff here and there. Uh, but I it's going to be smoother. Uh, fewer communications. There's a lot of communi- miscommunications this year. So I think it's, it's smoother overall and hopefully a little faster. Very cool. Uh, Christopher would like to know. Uh, could we talk about next year's roster and how it looks depth depth wise and roster wise as of right now? Um, Christopher, I have some bad news for you. (laughs) (laughs) You're not going to like this, but it's going to look pretty identical to what, uh, what it is right now, unless there's a couple of serious restructures. Rogers cap number is going to go up significantly. 
Bakhtiari is due for a raise. Corey Lindsley is a free agent, and Kenny Clark is due for his big raise. So those couple of moves should pretty much take care of any cap space that the Packers have next year, even with the from what we're hoping is a significant raise in the cap space. So unless you guys have anything else to add, I don't think – like to me it's, it's hopefully Goody can hit on draft picks this year and next year because that's kind of what we're yeah. looking at. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, probably like bottom bottom 10, 15% of the roster you'll see some. But, yeah, I think we're, we're done with splash stuff for a while. All right. Uh, next up, we've got Jordan Hov uh, wants to know, who is your one pound the table for offensive weapon you feel good about Packers targeting and would be so happy if they ended up drafting? Mine is Antonio Gibson. Uh, he's also thinking of Jefferson, Mims, and Reed are his close seconds. So, again, I follow the draft a lot more than you guys. Do you have, like, a draft crush at all yet? I, I mean, the the only guy I'm really all in on is C.D. Lamb, and, and the chances of him falling to Green Bay are slim to none. And so with that, I'm kind of I'm kind of falling in love with Justin Jefferson at 30. Yeah, I agree. My, one of my good friends is, for some reason, it's – huge LSU fan. So I ended up watching a lot of LSU games this year, which was fine because they obviously were great. Um, And he was just, he was just amazing. So, you know, to have him on the Packers, I wouldn't complain. I would be quite happy about that. Yeah. I mean, right now it's, it's all for me, it's all the wide receiver group. I mean, there's very real talk that they might go offensive tackle. It all depends on who falls to them at 30, if they want to move up. Um, like I've said before, if they if they really want to go get one of the top three guys that's Dusty talked about, that's CeeDee Lamb, that's Jerry Judy, that's Henry Ruggs, you're going to have to be in the top most likely 13. And for the Packers to jump from 30 to 13, they're either going to have to give up next year's first-round draft pick, like, um, who is it? like New Orleans did with them, mm, yeah, or they're going to have to trade a lot of their draft this year, which I don't see them doing. So... I I really like Jalen Rieger. I think that he could be really effective in what the Packers need. Like he's got that speed. He can run outside. He can run inside. And, you know, I think that's something that the Packers really are looking for is speed at wide receiver. I also like Justin Jefferson and T. Higgins. Um, I think those are a couple of guys that, that could be really good for the Packers. But, again, the way that you see mock drafts going right now, it's it's so heavy on wide receiver. I just I find a hard I find it hard to believe that there's gonna be like seven wide receivers that go in the first round. Yeah. I find that really hard to believe. So it'll be just fascinating to watch how that all kind of goes down, um, especially since most of these guys, like a lot of these guys, you're not seeing pro days for. You're not seeing yeah. any of those things now. So the NFL is pounding the table that they want the NFL draft to go on as scheduled. And from what I read, the GMs are saying, Hey, can we push this back? We'd like to get some more info on these guys. But uh, as of right now, like, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how this whole uh, NFL draft unfolds. So that kind of uh, almost wraps it up. I'm scrolling back now to find our one fun question that we wanted to end with. Um, and this is where we go. The Broncos tweeted, tweeted uh, Coach Fangio making meatballs and gravy. 
Is there any type of video that you would have liked to see from Matt LaFleur? And uh, since he's very private and most likely not willing to do something like that of, you know, cooking a meal, um, what Packer would you want to see like cooking a meal or, you know, a fun quarantine video from? So, uh, Sarah, let's start with you. I mean, it's got to be a cooking series with the Smith brothers, I think. I, I think mm-hmm. you have – that's the obvious answer or something with Jamal Williams, just again, because of his wonderful <laughs> positive energy. But I think the Smith brothers with doing some – Smith brothers, I say like they're brothers just because that's what we call them. But, oh. this, but they – I would think like, I think we were talking about this before, like a cupcake war between Mm -hmm. the two of them. Mm -hmm. Something like that would be just phenomenal. And I think they both have the personalities to do it. They play off of each other so well. I'd watch it. I I would Mm -hmm. tune in every single day and watch that. And I know Maggie Loney would too. So, (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. If you could get Gordon Ramsay going with those two guys and like, oh, I would love that. I want them with like really just adorable kind of like frilly aprons as well. Like, just if you're doing Cupcake Wars with those guys, like, really do it up. Really it's either up. that or you know they would be outstanding on the, like, the uh, the Gordon Ramsay kids show. <laughs> they would. Like, that they would be outstanding. That would be good. Because they would just be giving compliments to the kids all the time and talking about how awesome they are. Like, I would love that. That would be outstanding. Uh, but, Dusty, who would you uh, – what would you want to see? Yeah, I mean, Sarah kind of touched on it uh, in her answer. I'm going uh, Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones – just man, whatever they want to do. If they want to do a cooking show and like maybe Aaron Jones, like like puts a little flower on, on Jamal Williams nose, you know, in kind of a cutesy way, I'd be, you know, that's fine. Do that. Um, if you want to have them like sitting down and reviewing junk food, I don't know. All I know is that I want some kind of like food thing with them, with them talking like in a kitchen setting, uh, just because they're so much fun, both of like both of them together. I mean, Sarah's mentioned a couple of times, Jamal Williams energy, but him and Aaron Jones play so well off each other. Like they just seem like they have a blast. So anything involving those two guys in kind of a kitchen setting is something is something, frankly, I'm upset is not something I can watch right now. It should I can, exist already. Yeah, I can get on board with that. That'd be a lot of fun. What I would like to see is, Aaron Rodgers and his liquor collection. I would like to see him, how he, you know, he's like, I'm going to go home and have a scotch tonight. I want to see that process of what happens when he goes home and he like goes through his liquor cabinet. He's like, mm, do I want this one? Do I want the McKellen? Do I want 12 year, 15 year? Like I want that whole thought process of what he does. Um, you know, the, the home life. And then, you know, you want Danica in the background, either doing yoga or yelling at him for taking too long, picking out a scotch or I think that'd be a lot of fun. I think it'd be a lot of fun. To I, see. I do. I do kind of, I, I assume in his mind, he has one for every night and there's a reason behind it. I would like to hear that thought process for sure. Exactly. Like I, and like the, the crazy, the level of crazy, like thought that goes into everything he does, you know, he's got one like per night that he's like, oh, I think I'll have this one tonight. Uh, because yeah. it's Tuesday. Yeah. So it's Tuesday and he did this one thing at one that reminded him of this other thing. And so that meant that he had like the 12 year or whatever. So yeah, be down with it. Yeah. That'd be a, that'd be a fun little uh, Facebook live video. I think that could be, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd get on board with that, but that, uh, that wraps up our mailbag. We thank you guys as always for contributing on Twitter. Sorry, we can't get to all of them, but uh, I'm sure with quarantines, with everything that's going on, we'll probably have another mailbag sometime soon. Seems likely. 
<laughs> but uh, before we end everything, Dusty, do you have any closing thoughts? Yeah, I've got, uh, you know, just, just my article. Just my article for this week. So today, if you're sitting around the house board around uh, noon central time, uh, you can read, uh, I'm up to week six now, where I'm going back through uh, the 2019 season and picking out a player or two from each game. So this one was tough, man, because like my, it was that Lions game, and I don't know if you remember that Lions game. Um, you should, because it was really ugly, and Mason Crosby had the Lambo leap at the end. But it also had Darius Shepard fumbling a punt return and then also having an oh, interception that, the, that bounced off his face mask. That was the one where you... you like made yeah. a video about Mason Crosby's Lambo lead. Like one of the dumbest things I've ever done. Yeah, that was, yep, that was that game. Um, but, so, and so like there was a play in there that I love, but I can't write about that because I already wrote about that. And so I've got two plays. I did a Jamal Williams long run at the end of the first half that I kind of forgot about when the Packers may have been trying to run the clock out. And then he busts a 25 yarder and it ends up in points. And that that's that, I'm breaking down that play, just kind of the blocking and Jamal Williams cut and how, what that meant for the big play. And then also there's a huge third down at the end of the game. Uh, where Jair Alexander is actually it was seven minutes left in the game ended up being the Lions last play of the game where Jair Alexander breaks up like a third and six in the middle of the field Uh, and so I've got those two plays I'm breaking down so you can read about those uh, a little more in depth uh, today over on Cheesehead TV uh, around noon oh and I should also mention if you want I was going to mention this on the draft stuff and then I didn't uh, the Cheesehead TV draft guide is available for pre-order and that draft guide if you're looking to get in the draft is insane so I think it's like six bucks or something too, and it's like a PDF. So if you're looking to get in the draft and you're wondering, hey, who made the Packers target? Pre-buy the Cheesehead TV draft guide uh, because there's just I think last year was the first year I got it, and it's just insane how much stuff is in there. So just do yourself a favor and pre-order that. Yeah, that thing is that thing is just chock full of information. It's outstanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you also want to pump up? I know you've been on Twitter a lot throughout the you know, stay at home and doing all that stuff. Mm. But I know you've been able to be like, hand out a little bit of cash to some people that <laughs> hopefully are in need. Yeah. So you talk about that for like two seconds. Uh, yeah, sure. I can. Yeah. I, I, uh, it's, it's really weird. You know, it was a few days ago. I just, I want, I had uh, about a hundred bucks in my PayPal account. I just wanted to kind of give it out. Um, I've, I'm lucky. I mean, my wife are both working. My wife's a nurse. And so we were, you know, we're, we're fine, but a lot of people are not. A lot of people will just hear you, you're on Twitter you, a little more than normal because of everything going on. And you see these stories of people, they've been laid off and I don't know how I'm going to pay my bill and I, like all of this stuff. And so um, I just thought it's not, it's not a whole lot, but it was a hundred bucks. So I figured I could give out a little bit and that was three or four days ago. Um, so I started giving some out, you know, 20 bucks here, 20 bucks there. And then I started getting more in. And so at this point, I think I'm, I think it's pretty much petered out at this point. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, but at this point, I was planning on giving her out $100. I ended up giving up, uh, giving out close to $800 just because I kept getting you know, donations. And you get these people like, hey, I want to help as well, but they want to do it anonymously. Or, or sure. I don't have maybe the platform. I don't know who it should go to or something. And so I just started getting this influx of cash. I mean, and some of it was, you know, 20 or 30 bucks, which is awesome. And then I got one that was 150 bucks, And, like, just, just give this to whoever needs it. I'm doing fine. So just kind of seeing that... Um, that influx uh, from people who, who cared about strangers they have never met and will never meet um, was really amazing. So, yeah, that was uh, it's been, been, a, been a really fun and weird couple of days, um, and everyone was really grateful, and I think a lot of people were helped. So it was, uh, you know, kind of kind of small-ish, you know, again, like 20, 20 to 30 bucks a pop, um, but uh, but I think it helped a little. So it was, uh, that was fun. It was good. Very cool. Yeah, all yeah. that, that uh, little stuff that, that goes a long way for – for everybody. So Sarah, what do you got for uh, closing thoughts? 
Yeah, I was actually going to give Dusty a shout out just for doing that because I thought that was just really, really great and basically was just going to encourage anyone listening to, you know, it doesn't have to be financially, but even just over Twitter, any medium, or even if you know people and you have their phone number, just kind of continue to encourage people um, or if you know that they could be struggling, reach out. Um, I think this is an opportunity. We're kind of in this mental pause. I feel like everything is slowed down. And um, although we all are impacted by this in some form, some people's lives, their everyday lives have been completely altered because of it. So definitely reaching out. Don't be afraid to reach out to people if you know that you know they may need to talk or they may need your support in any way. Um, and yeah, just be, being there for each other. I think that's the best thing we can do right now. I know people, you know, disagree on everything now about how we should handle things, you know, what's the right move. But I think we can all agree that we should at least be there as human beings to support each other. So that's my closing thought. Completely agree. Um, I don't have a, like, you know, defined closing thought. It's just make sure you're being safe out there. I mean, it, a lot of the cities now are getting shelter at home doing those things and you know you're only supposed to go out to um well like target or or grocery stores or things like that and that's now where you're getting the disease a lot of the time so Mm -hmm. just go out and have a, a unbelievable amount of caution um try to keep yourself away from people as much as possible i mean the more that we do that the better Hopefully that and the quicker that we can all get back to a normal life. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, keep doing little things for everybody. I mean, you know, checking in on parents, family members, um, anything and, and anything that you can do, just do that. Like, doesn't matter if it's small, big, in between, just go out and help people because um, we, we're, we're being led by some people that don't really care about that. So. Uh, the, the best thing that we can do is to go out and help other people. So I will leave it at that. We will be back next week. We'll be talking some Packers football. Hopefully there's some kind of, you know, hopefully there's another wide receiver or two in the mix at that point. But, nice. uh, we'll, we'll, you know, a little Gabriel action maybe. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Man? Take it. Uh, that could be fun. But uh, make sure, as always, to follow us on Twitter at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Keller 4, at Steve Perhatch, and at Packaday Podcast. Again, if you guys ever have anything you want to talk about that's not public, DMs are always open mm-hmm. for all of us, and we'd love to just chat if you need to. So um, do that, and then please stay safe. Hopefully this this got you a little bit of uh, relief from the crazy-ass world that we're in right now, but uh, we'll be back again next week. So we'll talk to you then, and as always, Go Pack Go!